Morning. I've got to remember where I put my uh, iPad. There it is. It's in a safe place. <laughs> Very cool. So, so Dean's joining us today from Compassion, and maybe we could just start with, I guess, introducing yourself and how long you've been part of Compassion for and yeah. those kind of things. Well, um, it's great to be with you all this morning, church. Uh, I was just loving being a part of worship. How good was that? Um, well, yeah, my name's Dean Wallace. Um, I've been a pastor for quite a few years now on team at a church in Toowoomba for just over 17 years. But then I started with Compassion three years ago. And one of the reasons for that was because for probably 15 of those 17 years in that local church, I was a missions pastor working with lots of different organisations. Uh, and then in 2016, our church started a partnership with Compassion, like you guys are today, where I started sponsoring my first child, a little girl in the Philippines named Princess. And then in 2017, I got to meet her. I got to sit in her home, meet her family. And that was the first time I had seen the work of Compassion outworked. And I guess all I can say is I went over to the Philippines a fan of Compassion. I really like what they did. But when I saw the work in the field, I came home a raving fan. I, I just I couldn't believe uh, the systems, the the accountability. Uh, it, was, it was very very good. Yeah, I can relate because most of you know I went to Kenya a year ago, and got to meet my compassion sponsor kids. Which, if you were here a few weeks ago, I played a video uh, of from them. We've sponsored them. They're twin boys, uh, Lucky and Alan. Great names. <laughs> And uh, we've sponsored them from when they were six. Now they're 21. So we've seen them go right through the program and how it's blessed them and what it's done, you know, going through the local church, all of that. And we're seeing... It's so good to see the product at the end. Like, they're just strapping young men now, ready to enter. Like, they're finishing off their sort of university-level studies or getting into that. And they're going to finish that. They're going to get great jobs and be able to provide for their families. And it's really break, broken, I guess, the... Uh, the the curse of poverty yeah, in their generational, their, their generational thing. So they're making a new start, which is so exciting to be a part of. So we're um, excited to go on that journey again. We're pretty much ready. They'll, they'll finish the program in, I guess, the next 12 months, I think, is roughly when they'll finish up. So we'll be ready to embrace some, some new kids. Look, a lot of our church, I know, do sponsor kids. And I know there's a lot of organisations out there that offer child sponsorship, and there's probably a variety of um, programs that people sponsor. But... Could you maybe share with us what's the difference with Compassion? Like what sets them apart? Yeah, yeah. Look, some of the distinctives of Compassion, we've got three Cs which are distinctives, which are Christ-centred. So our singular mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. So every child is introduced to the local church. That's another C which is church-based. So Christ-centred, church-based. Everything that Compassion does works through the local church. And as a local church pastor for 17 years, that's my heart too. Is My heart is to see the local church as the light in its community. And that's exactly what Compassion does. You would have noticed, Jeremy, when, when you visit a Compassion project, um, you, you'll see a big local church sign with a little Compassion sign down the bottom. Because we want the local church and that local pastor to be the hero in their community, to be the one that the children connect to, relate to, they get to know Jesus. So we're Christ-centred, church-based and child-focused. 
So we want to see children break that generational cycle of poverty that they've grown up in and to set up a new future for them and their families. Yeah. No, I did see that. So every project that we visited, and I presume it's probably similar across all of them, there are church members that are part of the team that facilitate the Compassion Project. So there's that cross-connection between church and and the project that's run as well. And the pastor's very prevalent. Like, everywhere we went, there's the minister as well, sort of in there. And and maybe it's because we were Westerners coming over. I don't know. But (laughs) but he was very much involved um, across each church. The the ministers were there too. That's right, yeah. It's really good to see the support. A lot of the staff are actually former Compassion children themselves that have come through the program and have now graduated, they've done university, they could be doing anything, but they've chosen to invest back into the next slot of children coming through. Awesome. Probably a a timely question, given the world that we live in, and and I will say it, COVID-19 is very active around the world and changed the way we live. How has that impacted how Compassion deliver their service? Yeah, well... Unfortunately, um, COVID has supercharged poverty around the world. It's, um, it's pushed a lot of people back into extreme poverty who had worked their way out. Um, child sexual exploitation has exploded, unfortunately. Um, and, and so COVID has really impacted uh, a lot of what's been, a lot of the good work that's been happening. But how things have happened with compassion is um, local churches are not able to meet uh, as they normally would, but the Compassion staff are still going and they're delivering food to the door of of the sponsored children. So they're all still getting their their food. They're keeping in touch with them through text messages when they've got that available and and phone calls and just however they can, they are still mentoring, discipling and uh, equipping these children because we want, we are committed to making sure that every sponsored child is known, loved and protected during this season. No, that's really good that they're still getting that program basically to their door. So yeah, really so good. they've got to be creative in how they do it, <laughs> but they're committed yeah, to doing yeah. it. Look, I've seen already you've got a standout in the foyer, lots of lovely faces on there. But how do children get chosen to become a sponsored child or put up for sponsoring? Yeah, so that's a, um, that's a question we had asked a lot. It's like, well, how do you know? How do you know which kids need sponsorship? Mm. And the answer is the local pastor tells us. The local pastor is the one who, um, they, they live in their community, so they know who around them is, are the most vulnerable children. And so they're the ones that let us know and say, these, I've been in this home, I've met this child, I've met their family, I know their situation, this child needs a sponsor. So that's how... Um, that's how we, we get the children that, that need sponsorship. Yeah, sure. So people are going to have the opportunity to sponsor today, and I'm sure Dean will touch on that later on, but that's not where it ends. So that's like the start of the journey when you make that commitment. One thing I've really enjoyed as a sponsor of these twin boys over, you know, 15, 16 years now is the letter writing, writing to each other, hearing about what's going on in their world. Can you just talk to us about how valuable and important even just doing that is yeah Yeah. uh letter writing um it's it's actually hard for us to understand the value that these letters mean to these kids because it's kind of like um for these kids getting sponsored there's kind of like three levels there's the i don't know if you've seen that movie willy wonka and the chocolate factory but for these kids when they receive news that they've just been sponsored it really is like getting that golden ticket. 
ticket to a, a better future, a new hope. So that, that's, that's fantastic. But then when they start getting letters from their sponsor, letters that, that tell them that someone loves them, that they matter to God and they matter to, to me, uh, that just takes it to a whole other level. And, and when they actually get to meet their sponsor, that's just the ultimate for them. Because you've you got to think, like th- these kids are living in abject poverty, extreme poverty, where the community around them says that they don't matter, that they have no value. And, and so they're, they're surrounded this in an environment. But then they receive a letter from a sponsor, so someone from the other side of the world saying, you matter. I'm thinking of you. I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm financially supporting you. It just it gives them a window to an outside world that, that they would never otherwise have. So the letters are incredibly valuable. They, they stack them. They store them. They, they're the most valued uh, possession of these letters. Yeah. yeah, and Compassion's made it really easy because, you know, in, in Western world, we're busy, right? We're, we're running around here, there and everywhere and sometimes writing letters just falls off the radar. But I've really enjoyed how they've made it online. So you can literally log in. You've got an account that you can log into. You can click on your sponsor child. You can type them a letter. You can choose a pretty background. You can add photos all on your computer um, or tablet or phone even if you want to use that. And it's just they've made it really simple for you to connect. And so I want to encourage you, if you're considering sponsoring kids or if you already do, write them a letter uh, because it means it really does. When I got to meet my sponsor kids a year ago, that's what they just said, thank you so much. You just, the glee on their face for the letters. and They even had them. They're like, here's all the letters you've written us. I'm like, wow. And it means so much to them. So it's a real blessing if you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Dean, it's been great chatting, but you've got some sharing to do as well. Yes. Uh, So we're excited to hear from Dean today. Are we ready for the word and to be encouraged? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's get ready for that. Okay. Boys, if I could you bring the pulpit up, that would be awesome. My little stage hands. And <laughs> I can move these out of the way. You're doing a great job. Oh, except for those. That's all right. We don't need those now. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, I just want to start this morning by just really thanking uh, Pastor Jeremy and Anita and the leadership team for the opportunity to be able to talk with you about compassion. Um, I think Pastor Jeremy is one of the nicest, most generous pastors that I've met with a, with a genuine heart for God and a genuine heart for people. And he loves Stanthorpe. So I want to encourage you. You guys have got great pastors here. You really do. I should even just check my notes on that. Uh, Encouraging, generous, love for God. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all you asked me to say about that. Um, (laughs) But look, I am really excited about uh, you guys as a church starting a partnership with Compassion because it's good when a church gets a heart for the poor. And it's good when a church has a vision beyond itself. It's good for the church and it's good for humanity. And God's heart is for humanity to see people 
do well. But look, I just want to uh, give you a bit of an idea of the area in Indonesia where you guys are going to be partnering with. Uh, all the children that I have here today are from the same area of uh, the island of Alua in Indonesia. And uh, you can see it's, it's just north of Dili, uh, of East Timor. So it's only about 90 kilometres there. Typical houses, uh, they're just dirt floors, bamboo walls, tin roofs. Uh, the, the diet consists of bananas, cassava, maize and rice. Most families on the island are farmers and they earn the equivalent of about 11 Australian dollars a week. That's their total income. And your sponsorship allows the staff at the local Compassion Centre to provide children with Bible teaching, Sunday school, discipleship classes, vaccinations, hygiene and health education, counselling, life skill training, computer classes, educational assistance, discipleship, mentoring programs and much more. And look, I say all that to say that when you choose to sponsor a child, you are doing so much more than just providing good food and education and clothing, as good as those things are, you're actually uh, equipping this child to become part of a holistic discipleship program that disciples the whole child, body, soul, spirit, into the people that God has called them to be. See, when you choose to sponsor a child, they're introduced to their local church, which in Indonesia is the largest Muslim nation on earth. These children get introduced to their local church, a community of believers where they, they are loved, they're shown grace, they learn about Jesus, they are discipled. And, and the families are, are totally aware that it's a Christian program. So it's open to any, any religion. They will go to Muslim homes in need and say, we want to help your child, but you need to understand that it will ha be happening at our church. And most families are like, we don't care. We just want to see our children do well. And so these children are, are discipled and mentored and released into the people that God has called them to be. And one of the reasons why we've uh, got children all from the same area it's because there's actually other churches uh, in and around Stanthorpe that have got children from that same area of the law. And I guess my heart would be to see all of Granite Belt churches and, and communities affecting this island in Indonesia. So it's almost like this whole region is, is taking the gospel to this whole region. And so there'll be an opportunity to go and visit your sponsor child as well. Because they're all in the same area, everyone can actually visit and sit in the homes of these children. One day, when international travel starts up again, which who knows when that will be. But one of the things I'm excited about, about this partnership, is because at Compassion and you guys at Vineyard Christian Church, we believe two things about every follower of Jesus. There's, there's lots of things that we believe, but there's at least two things that, that we believe about every follower of Jesus Christ. And that is number one, that they have the power of the Holy Spirit within them. And that the, number two, they have the resources of kingdom of heaven available to them. Our job as believers is to resource, uh, is to steward those kingdom resources well. Our job is to take what God has given us 
that mustard seed of, of faith, that mustard seed of resource, that mustard seed of understanding the Word of God, whatever it is, that little bit that God's given us, our job is to develop that, to grow that, and to use that to help humanity, to help other people, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that's what I want to talk to us about today. I want to talk to us about God's plan for you and I to grow. And I've called this message today, Release the Increase, uh, mainly because it rhymes and um, because I, I thought, you know, let's get out of you what God put in you. It was way too long. So I went with Release the Increase. Uh, and I want to talk about God's plan for you and I for growth. And we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 31, 32. And I want to talk about this because I believe that as Christians, as believers, we are only scratching the surface of our potential. I believe that God has got so much more in store for you and for me, whether we've been following Jesus for five minutes or 50 years, there's still more. There's still more that we can do. There's still more resource available to us. There's still more, uh, God has got still more for us to do. And, and so I want to talk about that this morning. But verse 31, it says, He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. I love that thought. The man planted it in his field. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, sown and scattered like another parable. No, this was the farmer took and he planted this seed, exactly where he wanted it to be, was planted on purpose and for a purpose to grow. And I believe that God's into planting. He's into establishing. He's into seeing roots being developed and, and people growing. And he wants to see you and I established in homes, established in families, established in local churches, established in our community. God wants to see us planted in his field. And it goes on. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And not about you, but whenever I read this parable, I'm always reminded about two things about how God wants us to grow. And the first thing is that, number one, his plan for us is to grow. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of all garden plants, it becomes a tree. I love that thought. Yet when it grows. Not if it grows, but when it grows. God's plan for you and me is to continue to grow. Not become stagnant, not go backwards, but God wants us to grow, grow in understanding, grow in influence, grow in kingdom impact, grow in, in knowing who God is and what he has in store for our lives. God wants us to grow. And when we think of this parable, Jesus is making it clear that this seed started off so small, the smallest of seeds grows into the largest of trees that's a journey, isn't it? It doesn't happen quickly. It doesn't happen overnight. This seed 
which gets planted, it has to endure many different seasons to become the tree that it was always meant to be. It's just, but you think about it, all the, everything that that, that tree needed was already found in the seed. The DNA of growth was in that seed. Everything it needed was already in the seed. The seed just needed to stay planted and endure all seasons to become what it was meant to be. And I think for that tree to grow, there would have been seasons of summer. There would have been seasons of winter, seasons of spring, seasons of autumn. And it's the same for you and I. There's times in all of our lives when we go through different seasons. There's a, there's a time when, when we're in a summer season. You know what summer season is like. That's when we're full of fruit. That's when our life with God just, just it almost seems to be easy. You know, those things that you're praying for just seem to happen and, and the things that you're believing for unfold. And it's like, oh, man, I love this season in God. This summer season, this fruitful season. But you know what? It's only a season. Because then comes wintertime. And as we know, when wintertime comes, that's when the leaves fall off. That's when on the surface, the tree's looking pretty bare. The tree's looking pretty ugly. There's, there's nothing there. But below the surface where nobody sees, where nobody's looking below the surface. The roots of that tree are pushing out in every direction. They're going deeper than they've ever been before. They're going wider than they've ever been before, looking for that subsoil moisture. And it's actually establishing them for the next season of growth so that it can contain even more fruit and develop even more goodness above the surface. And I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you feel like you're in a winter season right now. Maybe you feel like when you pray, nothing seems to be happening. What you're believing for, just, it just seems like life is just hard at the moment. It's just dry. It's, it's tough. Can I encourage you? It's just a season. Your, your summertime will come again. But while you're in this winter season, can I encourage you, there is things happening in your heart and in your life that are setting you up for an even bigger summer season when it comes. Like the Bible says, the Father sees what's done in secret and rewards openly. So if you are in that tough season today, you're in that place where it's like, oh man, What's going on, God? I'm praying and nothing's happening. I'm believing. I'm speaking it out. I'm, I'm reading your word. I'm, I'm, I'm in church serving in, uh, in three departments. I'm doing everything I know what to do. Can I encourage you? Your summertime's coming. And it's going to be even bigger than the last summertime that you had. You're going to see even more fruit this time around than you did last time because you've endured the winter season well. So that's the first thought I want to help us to understand this morning is that God's plan is for us to grow from that seed to a tree. 
And we need to be stay planted and endure all seasons to keep fruitful. And the second thing I see in this scripture is that God's plan is not only for us to grow, but it's to grow for a purpose. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So that. In other words, this seed grew to a large tree for a purpose, for a reason, so that the birds could perch in its branches, so that there was a place of safety and refuge where these birds could nest and and be cared for. And can I encourage you, it's the same for you and I. God wants us to grow. He really does. He wants to give us more Bible knowledge. He wants to give us more kingdom resource. He wants to give us more opportunity. But it's all for a reason. And that reason is so that we can become a blessing to others. So that we can become a place of safety and shade and and so others can, can rest in the blessing that God has put on our lives. I want to encourage you, church. We need to have a so that attached to our prayer life. When you, every time you pray, I want to encourage you to put a so that at the end of your prayer. To help, just to just to know what, why you're praying for that thing. You know, you, you think about it. God, I pray for my business to expand. Why? So that I can buy another investment property that I'm never going to live in. <laughs> so that I can go on a better holiday. Oh God, I pray for my business to expand so that I can help other people. I can employ more people. I can be more of a financial blessing. I can be a greater influence in my community. What's your so that attached to your prayer life? God, I pray that you help me understand your word more. Why? So that I can be proud of my Bible knowledge. Yeah, I know that verse. I know it in Greek and Hebrew. Or is it, God, help me to understand your word so that I can help someone else on their journey to understand your word as well. You think of every aspect of your life, it needs to have a so that attitude attached to it. Because I want to encourage you, church, God does want you to grow. He does want you to expand. He does want you to become that large tree, that place of influence in your community, so that you can be a place of blessing and refuge for others. And I want to finish today with a video. I know we mentioned already about um, the, the letters and how important they are for children and, and when these children get sponsored, that, that it's like getting the golden ticket from the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. But we've actually got a video of a young girl in Indonesia, Helena Asti. And Helena was waiting 18 months for a sponsor. And she finally got news 
that she'd received a sponsor because somebody had a so that attitude with the blessing that God had put on their life. Their heart was, God, you've blessed me so that I can help a little girl like Helena. So I just want us to watch this video. Fungsi papan data anak untuk mengetahui anak-anak yang terdaftar di TPA berapa seluruhnya, berapa yang dapat sponsor dan berapa yang belum punya sponsor. Teman dapat sponsor, saya sakit hati karena tidak dapat sponsor. Dia balik, dia setahu sama saya bagaimana saya mama, anak-anak yang lain sudah atas sponsor saya belum dapat. Di saya mama berdoa juga, tapi saya tidak pernah dapat. Tunggu anak, tidak mungkin. Nanti Tuhan yang atur. Saya bilang begitu sama dia. Tiga empat bulan ke depan, bahwa anak-anak ini akan memiliki sponsor melalui tangan-tangan Tuhan untuk menjamah hati para yang punya yang bisa peduli kepada anak Tuhan akan memberikan yang terbaik buat keluarga ini ada sukacita Asti keluarganya Asti mendapat sponsor dan ini surat dari sponsor yang buat Asti Terima kasih banyak Bawa anak saya Baik Saya kasih masuk PPA saya hari ini saya bangga sekali, tapi Tuhan yang balas. Saya tidak mampu balas, tapi Tuhan yang balas. Tidak pernah saya mimpi bahwa sponsornya hati hari ini ada. Tapi saya bangga sekali, sehingga saya jatuh air mata. Terima kasih banyak, berlimpah-limpah. Mereka anak-anak itu merasa dekat dengan sponsornya dan jadi ketika mereka menceritakan isi surat seperti itu anak-anak merasa luar biasa bahwa itu tidak bisa dibayangin seperti itu senang-senang menjadi sponsormu Mungkin pikirnya ya sekedar komunikasi saja, tetapi lebih daripada itu, kedekatannya lebih dekat sekali. Dan saya berterima kasih kepada Tuhan yang bisa memberikan sponsor kepada anak sebagai anak dan bapak. Dan saya berterima kasih kepada Compassion sebagai jembatan yang dapat menghubungkan yang ada di seberang bisa menjadi satu.
itu kebanggaan saya dan saya merasa senang sekali I love that video. Because Helena's story is just like so many other sponsored children. A story of from lack to provision, from praying to receiving. All because somebody had a so that attitude with their finances. They realized how blessed they were for a reason to help another. And currently, in the Compassion Program, we've actually got 2.1 million children who are currently sponsored, which is huge. But we know where we will get the next, we've got the next 250,000 children ready for a sponsor as soon as we can find them. We've got the children waiting. Many of them have been waiting a very long time because with this whole COVID season, some of the big sponsoring countries like America and the UK and Canada, their churches have not been meeting. Some of them haven't been, haven't been able to have a church service for over a year. And so that's meant that a lot of these children who would normally be sponsored through countries like America and the UK, they haven't had the opportunity. But Australia, we are positioned where we can still make a difference for these children. So sponsoring a child is something that you, you think you might like to do or maybe just find out more about the work of compassion. Please come and talk to me. Come and, come and talk to Rebecca. Who loves Rebecca? Fantastic. I so enjoyed uh, my time with Rebecca yesterday and, and we'll be able to help you to sponsor one of these children and really make a difference in their life. So I just want to pray uh, just to finish today. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness on our lives. God, I want to thank you that you love to see our lives planted and established and thriving. God, I want to thank you that your grace and peace is upon us to endure every season, whether it's a good season or a tough season. God, you are always at work in our life, whether in the seen or the unseen. You are always doing something within us. And Father, I want to thank you that your heart is to see us grow so that we can help other people. Lord, receive the joy that comes from helping another, to receive the blessing that comes from helping another. Father, it pleases your heart to see us helping those around us. And God, we know that there's a special place in your heart for the poor and downtrodden. And God, we, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house, praising you, thanking you, and helping others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jerry. And thank you once again for the opportunity and would love to talk to you afterwards. Thanks, Pastor Jeremy. Brilliant. Thanks, Dean. Can we thank Dean for sharing today? So 